Welcome to the Driving Change Podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network, where we live at the intersection of neuroscience and storytelling. If you love great stories and you love understanding the mindset it takes to be a world-class change agent, then join us as our fascinating guests from all walks of life unpack their unique journeys of perseverance and passion, of expertise and experience, and be inspired to use your own story to drive change. All right, so we're going to come back now. We're going to pick the conversation back up where we left off in the last episode with Andy Andrews, Bob Bodine, and Jimmy Erie. And we're going to kick into this next episode where Jimmy starts to talk a little bit about his mindset around preparation and stretching yourself into areas that maybe you uh, you didn't expect you'd be in when you started your career with Jimmy being a singer-songwriter and now being an amazing keynote speaker and the preparation it takes to move into that next stage to be great at something. Let's pick it back up where we left off. Jimmy, you said this earlier. I'd like you to touch on this because one of the things I love about Jimmy so much is he does have a this 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 humility about him. Uh, now, false humility is just another form of pride, by the way. I just feel like I'm supposed to tell you that. <laughs> That's um, a word. Thank you. Thank you. Have, thank you, you. Ever, have you ever met somebody? Have you ever you. met somebody that they talked about humility and they talked about being humble and they they talked about the greatness of humility and the importance of humility in their life? And you, you're, you're listening to me, and you're kind of thinking, you know, you you seem very proud of being humble. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's good. But uh, what I was going to ask you, Jimmy, was, and you've been speaking enough now, yeah. um, I think it's, it's, it's fun for me. Like when I go to these large events and they have the, and you guys know you spoke and they've got the, 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 the television down in front of the stage and they call it a confidence monitor. And, uh, and, and to your point, I'll dove, dovetailing off of Bob's point on the no notes, and they're almost always shocked when I say, I, I, don't, I don't really need it. Um, if you're hired me and paid me all this money and you need to do something to give me more confidence, you should have probably you might have picked a different speaker. In the, in the eighth grade, um, my English teacher called that cheating. That's right. Today they just call it chat GPT, yeah. but we'll get onto that later. Um, but anyways, Jimmy, what I wanted to uh, ask you about was you mentioned something that I think is, is so important. And if you tether the two together with what Bob said is this preparation concept is you said something earlier about what just causes you because you're, you're, you're very comfortable. If I told you to grab your guitar and get up on a stage and play 15 songs, I mean, you could do that in your sleep and not even worry and blink. But now that you're becoming a much more recognized keynote speaker where you don't have your guitar with you the whole time, you mentioned that, yeah, you're still getting a little nervous about that because it's a new, a newer thing for you, even though you feel called into it. So it t- causes you to dive into the preparation even further. H- how would you, coach others out there around the balance between that, that preparation to make sure the information's in there, but then being open to Bob's point around the letting the, the voice come in to, to guide you and maybe take you off script a little bit where necessary. Well, What's the balance? Okay. So first of all, I've surrounded myself for years with people a lot smarter than me. And it's, it's, and, and now it's, it's, that a, has, it's that not, hasn't it's not been, work. That hasn't been hard to do, Jimmy. That hasn't been. Hard. Well, listen, <laughs> Listen, that was my point, Andy. I was going to say that. It has not done me well as of late because now I'm the dummy in the group of all the smart people. So, you know, what I, so, so I, t- I tell people, if you're going to uh, go speak, if you're going to get up and do anything like that, uh, 
for me, I believe if, if you, if at the point at which you go, I'm ready, you're probably about half ready. Maybe if you're lucky, <laughs> I tell my son who's learning guitar, he will, he will play the, whenever somebody comes around and there's a crowd of people and I'll say, Hey, grab your guitar and play a couple chords. You know, you play him so awesome. And so he'll grab his guitar and then he'll try, he'll start playing and he'll mess up. And he seems baffled by that. And I remind him, Aiden, you are only as good as you are when people are watching you. You are only as good as you are when people are watching you. When he goes out and he shoots baskets out back of our house and where he's swishing them and he's going crazy and, and he's Michael Jordan and then he gets, gets in the game and he's 0 for 7 and he's depressed on the ride home. And, and I'm, I just remind him, I don't, you know, I don't rub it in his face, but listen to me. Just don't get too discouraged, but you are that player that played tonight. You want to be a better player, get more prepared. But when people are watching you, how you perform is where your level of expertise at any given thing is, I believe. And that's been true with me. And it's, uh, I remind my kids and uh, I, I never remind my wife of that, of course. So. Let me just say one addition to that thought. So, I had 24 pages of notes for my talk on Sunday. I didn't use them, but I did the writing of every single one of them to kind of think through, oh my gosh, I got to put, what am I, where am I going? And then what Don does, he puts it all together. So I agree with you, Jimmy. I mean, you know, you got to be around people. You got to get up and you got to dare yourself to do it and to, to, to be in front of them. And that's why I've always liked Andy because he's like Hal Holbrook, one of my favorite old, you know, speakers in the past, because he can get up and do an entire story and tell a story and like a mesmerize. And then all of a sudden he goes out and talks to someone in the stands in the middle of the stage and the man's crying. I mean, he's holding his heart. And so and I hold my heart when I hear your songs, Jimmy. I mean, it's just like that. It's just fantastic. So I'm honored to be with all of you guys. No, you know that here. practice that practice aspect and that that aspect of doing it over and over again and and being what you are when people are watching there there was something that uh, an old man told me one time he said the difference in an amateur and a pro is an amateur will practice until he gets it right and a pro will practice until he can't get it wrong mm. Mm. Come on now. Good. I hope I hope someone's writing out there. It's good stuff. Yeah, good. That that uh was it Tony Robbins, I think, whether he coined the phrase initially or not, but said that people are rewarded in public for what they've practiced for years in mm. private. And and I think that's exactly what you're saying, Jimmy, what you're all are saying together. And and I try to help encourage people. If you see somebody do something and you think that they just have a God-given gift to do that, I promise you you're wrong. When you look at someone and go, oh, my gosh, they are amazing at X, that just has to be a God-given ability. I promise you you're wrong. They might have been given the seed of purpose within that you know skill or that gift, but I believe personally it was that countless hours of obsessive preparation that turned it into unconscious competence. And I was just wanted you guys to kind of expound on that a little bit because you guys are experts in your field, and I think sometimes people look at you and go, man, that's that." Look, I drive your truck, Jimmy. I, I I pulled the lyrics apart, and you know it's that's that's you just you just have a unique gift that's unique. He does, he does. He he's a bit of a songwriting savant. However, I know him well enough now to know the kind of hours yeah. he puts into 
every word of every phrase of every song. And I know, Bob, you do the same thing when you're prepping for a message. And Andy, I know you do the same thing when you're prepping for a message, even if it's one you've given a thousand times. Let me, let me tell you a secret to Jimmy's greatness. There are, there are 5,000 songwriters out there who know how to write a song. Jimmy knows why a song works as it does. He knows why you write this this way. And knowing, you know, anybody can understand a principle. Anybody can use a principle. Anybody knows how to use a principle. But when you know why a principle works as it does, you can begin to apply that principle in areas that you see it fits that other people never even see. And that that takes hours of, I mean, it, Jimmy's been given a gift, but he's developed a skill around that gift. And, right. and so, you know, the, the, the preparation, the hours of thought that go into it. Cause I mean, you know, he could get a thesaurus and just rhyme stuff, but I've written songs with Jimmy and sometimes I get frustrated with Jimmy. Cause I'm like, it's fine. It's, this is it. Yes. Jimmy's still searching, you know, and I, yeah. and so, but that's the difference in somebody because I know how to write a song. I know how. Okay, but Jimmy knows why this works as it does. It's the same thing in looking for jobs. I'm a CEO of an executive search firm. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care about them. The answer is how much preparation did you do for the person you're sitting across? If you're looking for a job, they're the who. They're the person who matters most. Do you know him or her? Do you know their best friend? Because if you know that person, you have an 87% chance of getting the deal. I mean, what were you thinking? This isn't about stuff and skills and this. I mean, it, you know, if talent was the reason everyone had jobs, we wouldn't have Congress and Senate. <laughs> Again, I hope people are writing this down. There's another quotable. Someone hashtag that one out there. It's great. great. <laughs> well, then this, this does lead me to kind of where I wanted to go next, which was around the secret of each of your individual successes. And I think people, again, look at this. I do believe, Andy, you're touching on it, is everyone, some people, we look at them and think they're just intuitively good. And what I found is I've gotten to know people who are really good at something. They're not intuitively good. They started off with an intuition around something, but then they become very intentionally good through uh, repetition, discipline, a process that they, and maybe they can't always articulate it, but they are following some type of a mechanism, system, or process with discipline in all aspects of their life. And I just thought maybe that would be something for you guys to share, not your perfect secret to success, but do you have a way of thinking around how you approach life in general and the way that you're called to around that idea of how did you go from intuitively good to intentionally good so that you could be consistently great? I know it was deep. You want to take a moment to pause and think that one over. It's okay. <laughs> you know, Andy was saying a while ago <clears throat> about sometimes he'll get frustrated with me over a line in a song because he's a wonderful writer and a wonderful songwriter. And we've written some great songs and, and, uh, and had wonderful recordings together. But what Andy doesn't realize, like, I may not be great at a lot of things or understand a lot of things. And, uh, but I understand 
lyrics and the structure of a song. And, and, uh, and, and, and so while he's like, a lot of times writers will have lines that work. I've already gone through that line in my head that, that they love so much. And then I've gone through probably 50 other lines surrounding that. Uh, and that's, again, you talk about just years of doing it, studying it. I always rely on the, the, you know, listen, it's whether I'm getting up and speaking or I'm writing a song or I'm performing for somebody. If I don't feel it, you ain't going to feel it. People smell it. They know it. And if you really want to, to touch somebody through lyrics, through songs, through a talk, it go to the core of your story, go to the core of your emotion. And that's really the, um, <clears throat> that's really what I'm, I'm relying on when it comes to lyrics, when it comes to all that. So, but just the, you do it so long that there's this natural sort of uh, wheel spinning in my head and going through all of these possibilities. And, and, but at the core of it, it's the one that emotionally I'm feeling the most that way it can connect with other people. Bob, how about you or Andy? What relative to that that kind of discipline of process around the things that you do behaviorally that you know, whether to Jimmy's point through repetition, have gotten you really good, unconsciously competent, or 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 not? So I go back. Uh, one of the things that really uh, touches my heart is that so moms and dads can can kind of uh, do something with you to start with to get you to understand who you are. And so, you know, you are, you are not like anyone else. You don't have a thumbprint like anyone else. You were created to do something, you individually, one thing better than anyone in the world. And it's our job of our friends and our family and the parents around you to encourage you and to remind you who you are and whose you are in the path. And so one of the things that's so important is that a parent can someone do, and I'm, I'm flipping the, the subject a little bit, but coming back to it, and that is, is that... 70% of like men today have never had their dads ever tell them they love them. And so the problem exists is that they're constantly striving for something that keeps them away from that in your calling and the thing you do. And so it was like a simple enemy attack that tricked you into doing that. And then you're off. It's like, it's like Jimmy was saying earlier, one argument with your, with your wife or something took away your, the pennies in your jar. I mean, that's, I mean, you have one argument, you lost 25% of your energy. Like you just like sunk. And so I'm not going to be fooled into it. If a dad would just stop tonight, lay their hands on their kids and say, I love you, I'm proud of you, and I give you my blessing, this changes everything. Now, if you believe in me, I think I can do it. And now you're introducing me to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who actually is empowering me to do it. And I'm sitting having a conversation with him in the morning. I'm not just talking at him. I just don't know of him. I know him because he talks to me. And so now I'm strengthened. And so I feel energized. And I that allows me to then feel like, dang it, I got to do what I'm called my assignment, purpose, and destiny. And, and so that that just kind of energizes me. Well, and Bob, if I could be so bold before Andy, before you go, is I, knowing you like I do, I know that you have this unique calling to speak that those words of blessing and favor into people. Like you have it, whether you developed it when you were 12 or whether it took you a, a, a lifetime to get there, you have that, that gift that we should all possess, right? Is that willingness to speak power of truth and love into people for what they're, what we see them as, because we don't see ourselves the way others see us. And we need someone sometimes to remind us of, of who we are and that we are meant for a purpose and we're great. And the other thing I want to underscore that you said that's really so important is the number one primary job of a father is that. 
And if 70% of them don't do it, now you know why we're running around in the chaos we are in the world, right? So good. Andy, how about you? You know, I, I know that there are people that are following a pattern and they, they are on the right pattern and they, they can't really articulate why I, I would really urge those people to stop and be quiet and figure out how to articulate why. You know, God, God doesn't want you to be confused. And there, there, is an, there is an answer. And this is, you know, I, I call that thinking deeply or thinking to the bottom of the pool, going as far as you can, and then putting your feet against that concrete and having that power to push against. And, and so I, I think those deep understandings tend to come when we are intentional about listening. You know, years ago, I, I realized I was getting answers at three different times in my life. I, I would wake up with an answer. I would get an answer in the shower and I'd get an answer in a tree stand out in the woods. And and the one thing that those three things had in common is there was no outside, there's no radio, there's no TV, there's nothing going on. It was quiet. And and I I imagined, I imagined somebody coming to me and saying, Hey, I need your help. I, I've got a real problem and I need your help. And I would go, Well, okay, absolutely, I'll help you. And then they left. And I go, Wow, what's that about? And then you know, next day they came and said, hey, I'm still needing help and this is getting worse and you said you'd help me. And so are, are you going to help me or not? And I'd say, yeah, of course. And then they said, oh, good, thanks. And then they left. I would say, what's up with that? But I can't tell you how many times I've, I have prayed, God, I need an answer here. I've got to have an answer. And, you know, Lord, you you know that I'm in need, you know, I need help and please help me. Amen. Okay. Let me check my email. (laughs) And I, you know, I can just see God going, I would love to help you, but you got to give me a second, you know? And and people say, wow, I feel closer to God in the woods than I do in church. And I bet God goes, I bet you do. It's the only time you shut up. (laughs) See, the, the one mistake you made was just not at the end of that prayer asking God if he would communicate to you via email. Yeah, yeah. God, I'll be on my email immediately after this if you could. If you wouldn't mind, send me a text or an email. That'd be great. I'm going to be a little distracted for a minute. Um, yeah, th- this is good. I know we're coming up on time here, and I want to honor your all's time. This has been so amazingly valuable to me, I get so much energy from this. The team always jokes around when I get to do a podcast episode like this, like I'll be on cloud nine the rest of the day because this is just life to me. Like this is life to me, right? This gives me so much energy to go back out in the world and try to help people learn what I just learned from the three of you and apply it in some meaningful way. So as we start to think about round and, round and third here on the show, what is the, what is the one or two as we think – I've been really challenged lately with this next generation. My daughter's 23, my son's 19, my youngest daughter's 11. And, and I see them 
so challenged with the noise right now between social media and AI and all the outside noise. There's so many positive things out there, but there's so much noise that they have to <clears throat> filter through that we didn't have to filter. Um, what, what are you, what are you giving that younger generation from an advice standpoint to help them, Andy, to your point, get to that tree stand, get to that think later in the shower, which is what I call mine, where I, all my ideas come from. How are you helping that younger generation or what, would, what advice would you give them to be able to get there knowing they're bombarded with way more input than we ever got uh, in our time? Because I think that's a big deal to where we're going next as a society. I think, I, I think conversations are the answer. I think conversations, uh, I think lack of conversations has yielded this problem. And, and I think conversations between adults and young people need, need to happen. Seriously. I, you know, when we were growing up, we wanted to be adults. We wanted to sit at the big table. And our mom told us, well, you can sit there as long as you're quiet, but if you call attention to yourself, you're going to bed. And so we would sit there and listen to them talk. And, and um, you know, we'd get in the backseat in the car on a long trip and listen to our parents talk or listen to our dad talk to a friend of his. And we were on the front porch and we listened to our parents talk to people who stopped by. And we were very aware that sometimes our parents were talking to people we knew they didn't like them. We knew they didn't agree with them, but we watched we watched those conversations, and sometimes we're able to take part in those conversations, and and so somewhere along the line that turned into mom putting the kids in the playroom and telling the adults, okay, I got the kids in the playroom, they got their food, they got a movie. I told them if they come out, they're they're going to bed, and you know you put them in the back seat. Here's your headphones. Here's your screen. Uh, we'll be at grandma's house in three hours, and then you can go play with your Game Boy there. I, I, and so we as adults have set up a universe in which these kids have nowhere else to turn but to these devices you know and and it's it's a it's a sad thing because now it's doubled back on the adults and and I, you can't believe how many adults that I talk to that say my, my kids just, they don't, they, we don't talk. And, and I'll say, well, wh what is the conversation like? And they'll say, well, you know, after school, I'll say, how was school? And I'll say, fine. Well, what happened today? Nothing. Well, come on, you were there seven hours, something happened. Mom, nothing. Okay, nothing. Same thing that happened yesterday. You ask me this every day, nothing. And so the parent can either follow them in and push it and get into an argument with it, or they can let it go and just not talk. And so that's what's happened. You know, television shows are not not created anymore for parents and children to watch together. And so everything is a separation. You know, we created uh, wisdomharbor.com to bring families and bring young people and adults together. Wisdomharbor.com. It, it's a streaming service, $27 a year, and our stated goal is to create America's next greatest generation, starting with your hometown, your family, your school system. And we've got people that contribute to that. Jimmy is a contributor to wisdomharbor.com. Jimmy actually gives guitar lessons on Wisdom Harbor. Families can take guitar lessons together. 
classes can take them together. And, you know, I, I mean, from an award-winning songwriter. So, I mean, but, but we've got to devise ways to get the conversations going again. Yes. Love it. So engaging that younger generation intentionally with things that matter to them that keep us in the conversation. Bob or Jimmy, what do you guys think about this subject? Go ahead, Jimmy. Well, I think, okay, I'll let Bob go last because he's, he's smarter. But uh, <laughs> I think, listen, I think of, of, of time uh, when, like Andy said earlier, quality and quantity. I typically find that my kids, if given the opportunity, will pick me over Fortnite that they'll pick me over their iPad. They'll pick me over their friends even. If, I, if I'm there and I'm present and I give them that time. So I really do try to give them all the time I can. I remind myself that 15 years from now, I'm going to look back because I got younger kids, 12, 8, 7. I'm going to look back and I'm going to be, I don't want to be heartbroken for a second over time that I didn't give them and and times that I, I wasn't present. And, and, and secondly, I leave things in there and uh, uh, around them uh, instrument. Well, I, I got pianos out in the open. I got banjo, mandolin, guitars. I got, so I know the art of music, uh, how powerful that is for somebody's well-being, their confidence, and, and, and how that just builds the brain to a greater level. So I leave those around. I find that they prefer those as well. And they're all learning instruments. And, uh, and then I've got to push them a little bit as well. But uh, giving them time and, and, and other options, uh, and then I've got to be out of the room here in 10 minutes because I got my middle child is, is, uh, is, uh, is trying to, uh, he's, he's, he's Fortnite. He's waiting for Fortnite. So, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell him no, no, but no, but just given myself as an option, they tend to want to pick me. Kids want their daddies. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, Bob. it's really good. Um, you know, I, I'm older and I got, I got three girls, my oldest 38 and I got 36 and 33 now. And I mean, hard to believe, but you know, one of the fun things I got to remind parents who are listening is listen, your kids want to talk at different times and you have to be ready for their time. It's not your time. If my daughter, my daughter, she wants to talk and do a, a FaceTime with me. I'm so honored that she wants to do a FaceTime with me you know, at nine o'clock at night. And we do, and we talk about all her stuff. She's an Instagram influencer. And so we're talking about all her stuff and I just listen and, and just let her do it and congratulate her and constantly tell her how much I love her. My middle daughter, you know, she, she likes mornings. And so she does it. And, you know, and, and, and my youngest, I don't know, it's, it's, it's outrageous times. I mean, she's never going to do it. At, at, and, and so, but when she does, are you ready? Are you available? I mean, that's a crucial deal today. I mean, if I'm, li if you're listening to Jimmy and Andy and Jeff today, listen, you're either there or you're not. And, and so I'll just leave one other little tip. My dad uh, would send me notes, something great that Jimmy wrote. And he says, this is you, Bob. This is who I want want you to understand who you're in. And here's a here's a little story. I took this little quote that that Andy did. And this is who you are. And I'm so proud of you. I just love you. And and I'll tell you what, they're going to see that email, they're gonna see that text, they're gonna see whatever it is that you do it, and then you tell them you love them and you're proud of them. And they will never forget that. People are starving today to be affirmed and loved and, and hugged. And, and that's, what, uh, that's what we were created to do.
That's so good. That's so good. Wow. You guys, the audience, you didn't know you're getting all kinds of, we're getting parenting advice. You're getting business <laughs> advice. You're getting speaking <laughs> advice. You're getting all of it. So, well, great. As we close down, um, you know, Jimmy, where can people go to learn more about you and maybe book you for speaking? And, and obviously they know where you can find all your songs. Just go to iTunes yeah. and YouTube, but where can they go to find more about how to reach you? Yeah, just go to music.com. You'll hear everything. No, um, at, at, at Yuri <laughs> Jimmy. <laughs> That, that, that humility. I've got to practice it, Jimmy. Uh, at Jimmy Yuri, uh, follow me on Instagram, Facebook, uh, go to jimmyyuri.com and, uh, kind of see more of what I do in the storytelling aspect and how that's useful for connecting with others. And yeah. And thank you for having me, Jeff. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Bob, how about you? Where can we learn more about you and how to reach you and, and your books and how to speak, uh, book you for speaking and all and that so, kind of stuff. And uh, so well. you go to bobbodine.com uh, and it's French. It's B-E-A-U-D-I-N-E. It's bobbodine.com. And then um, I'm on all of the internet and all that stuff. And I only reason is, is I'm up in two chairs and God's given me inspiration and I write it down and I put it up every day. And it's, you know, people look and go, who's your social media person? I, I ain't got no social media person. <laughs> I'm sitting with God and I'm just telling you, he wanted to inspire you guys. That's all I do. That's awesome. And then Andy, finally, last but certainly not least, where can we learn more about you and how to get your books and book you for speaking and Wisdom Harbor and all the fun stuff you've got yeah, going three, on? Yeah, three ways. AndyAndrews.com, WisdomHarbor.com, and CreatingMeasurableResults.com. Wow. Well, I can tell you, I'm so glad that I rode my boat into this Wisdom Harbor today. <clears throat> See there, Jimmy? Yeah, a little creativity. <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah, now rhyme it, okay? <laughs> yeah. Harbor. Yeah, give me give me a minute. So um, I want to thank you guys again. This has been an honor. It, it, this is going to be one of our most watched episodes, I have no doubt. And uh, just thrilled that we can come together like this and hopefully add a little more value into the world, a little positivity as, as well. So thank you. Hey friends, this is Jim Knight, former 21-year Hard Rock executive turned best-selling author and top 10 keynote speaker. And I'm Brant Menzoir, former frontman of Hollywood's most dangerous band turned top 10 motivational speaker and best-selling author. We host the how-to podcast, Thoughts That Rock, where we talk to rock stars, athletes, CEOs, astronauts, and even next-door neighbors who share their expertise and opinions. Together, we tackle the most interesting and challenging topics of today. Whether you want to learn how to become more confident, how to deal with anxiety at work, or how to write a hit song, or use Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in life, we've got hundreds of episodes to help amp up your life and move you forward. Subscribe to Thoughts That Rock wherever you listen to podcasts, and check out evergreenpodcast.com for more information.